0: If you're a pervert in the state of Utah, I've got some bad news. No more porn. Utahans are losing their porn privileges, not because the state has banned porn, but because Pornhub, the largest porn website online, has banned Utah. And why did Pornhub ban Utah? Because Utah told Pornhub that they had to stop selling their smut to kids. That, apparently, was too much of an ask for Pornhub. So a day before this new age requirement law went into effect, a law passed unanimously by state legislators, obviously, since only weirdos and creeps actively promote porn to kids, Pornhub shut down access to their website in the state, which tells you a lot about Pornhub. It tells you that Pornhub doesn't just serve its content to minors. It relies on serving its content to minors. And it relies on minors viewing it not only because young people are walking bags of hormones and are very likely to look at that kind of material, but also because young people have a harder time controlling themselves. And like cigarette companies back in the day, Pornhub knows that if they can hook people while they're young, the majority of young people today are exposed to porn by age 12, some much younger. If they can hook people while they're young, it's going to be much harder to break the addiction. There are basically two side effects of smoking cigarettes. Lung problems and looking cool. Not saying that the latter justifies the former. The lung problems are very bad. That is why cigarettes, unlike porn, are heavily regulated. There are basically two side effects of porn, too. Turning people into perverts and turning their brains to mush. That means things like skyrocketing rates of sexual dysfunction among young men, disordered desires, ruined relationships. And unlike with cigarettes, with porn, you don't even get to look cool while you do it. You just look like a loser and you become depressed and you write into my mailbag on Fridays, desperate to break an addiction, peddled by a company that for all intents and purposes is now admitted to preying on kids. Cigarettes can destroy people's bodies. Porn can destroy the body, mind, and soul. We have been noticing much more clearly lately how bad people in politics are targeting minors. The activists trying to trans your kids. The educators pushing gay porn in elementary school libraries. Transgenderism is a $1.9 billion a year industry. Even with all of its growth as a social contagion in recent years, that is relatively small potatoes. Porn is a $100 billion a year industry. You want to stem the tide of social decay? You want to protect young people? Then every Republican governor should follow Utah's lead and prohibit Pornhub from targeting its most valued customers, your kids. I'm Michael Knowles. It's the Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. Speaking of the Utes, there is a middle schooler in Massachusetts who has just given oratory, the the finest sort of oratory I've probably heard since Pericles, at least in terms of its urgency and how articulate this kid is when he's describing a major problem in schools. We'll get to that in one second. It's really, really great stuff. First though, I don't want to totally move on from the weird sex stuff. I mean, I do. Socially, I would like us to move on from the weird sex stuff, but we can't move on from it in the news because it's everywhere. It's not just in the bowels of the internet. It's not just shady people with, with dodgy companies. It's in the government. It's in the US military. The United States Navy has just launched a new recruitment campaign. <laughs> I guess they didn't, they didn't pay any attention to the lessons of Bud Light. They've launched a new recruitment campaign that tries to get new sailors by promoting drag. You can see there's this uh, active duty sailor. He's a drag queen. He he's not he's not exactly a transgender. He's he's a full over the top drag queen. Twenty four year old Joshua Kelly performs under the alter ego, Harpy Daniels. And video going around right now of some of his performances that he's posted. Uh, While serving as his squadron's administrative supervisor, uh, Kelly's shows are part of lip sync competitions. He's very, very different. There he is in a dress. Uh, They're supposed to boost morale, not sure this. Okay, I've seen enough of the drag queen sailor. Uh, Now, you would think this would not necessarily boost morale among servicemen. However, you know, there have long been sort of jokes about the Navy. And and I guess this is really my problem with the new drag recruitment tool is not that it's decadent and debauched and counterproductive. My problem with the new drag recruitment initiative from the Navy is that it's just a waste of money, because the Navy already had very, very high quality recruitment materials in this vein, going back to the 1970s. And I love the Navy was really leading the charge with that recruitment tool because the Navy obviously was was the front man for it. But you had all the branches of the military. You had the cowboys. You had the Indians. You had the construction workers. You know, I, I assume also. The army and the marines and the air force and the coast guard somewhere back there. Uh, look, navy. If you want, if you want to double down on these kinds of things, that's uh, that's fine. And a lot of people are going to joke and they're going to use that apocryphal quote from Winston Churchill, which is that naval tradition is nothing but rum, sodomy, and the lash. Which is a funny quote, even though Churchill never said it. But notice the difference. Back. In the 70s, back at every time in history before now, the Navy had this kind of joke about it, which was that it attracted guys who were a little bit light in the loafers. Okay. And that was that was the joke. And in those days, the sailors would push back on that joke. That was the joke, and they'd say, How dare you? That's not what we're like. Get out of here. Shut up. You're a jerk. Whatever. You know, you'd push back. Today, the Navy is totally embracing that, and they're using that as a recruitment tool. It's, a, it's a, an inversion of society, the likes of which we are seeing in every other sector of society. Now, when you want to protect your data from the prying eyes of these weirdos upending our culture, you're going to want to check out ExpressVPN. Right now, go to expressvpn.com slash When powerful interests want to push their agenda... Who's just say they couldn't get Big Tech to silence any voice that doesn't fit the narrative? Americans are being forced to give up their ability to speak, and I, for one, am not going to let my voice be censored. That is why I choose ExpressVPN, and you should too. The problem with Big Tech is not only do they attempt to censor you, they also track what you do online. What you're searching for, the videos you watch, everything you click, they can match your activity to your true identity using your device's unique IP address. When I use ExpressVPN, They can't see my IP address at all. My identity is anonymized by a secure VPN server. Plus, ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of network traffic for protection from hackers and eavesdroppers. ExpressVPN is so easy to use, you just fire up the app, tap one button to connect. Not just me saying this. Business Insider, The Verge, many other tech journals rate ExpressVPN as the number one VPN in the world. Protect your online data today by using the only VPN that I trust. Go to expressvpn.com/noles get 3 extra months for free. expressvpncom Knowles. expressvpncom Knowles to learn more. Speaking of our very corrupt and decadent establishment, this story has not gotten nearly enough attention and it is delightful. Noam Chomsky is at this point, I think about a 1,000 years old, He's a celebrated linguist, but more than he is known for his linguistic scholarly work, he is known for being the preeminent public intellectual on the left. And he's always sticking his nose in where it doesn't belong, and he's always pontificating about all matters of politics and economics. And he's a pretty interesting linguist. He's actually had somewhat interesting things to say on politics and economics, but very, very much a man of the left and some might say sanctimonious about his politics. Well, it turns out something we've learned from the trials surrounding Jeffrey Epstein is that Noam Chomsky was buddies with Jeffrey Epstein. Wall Street Journal discovered this and they reached out to Professor Chomsky for comment. His response was, first response is that it is none of your business or anyone's Second is that I knew him, and we met occasionally. Kind of a defensive response, because a lot of people knew Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein was clearly a political operative. He was very, very wealthy. He invited lots of fancy people to all of his parties. So one could very easily say, oh, yes, I met him. We were were raising money for MIT, which is where Chomsky teaches, or we were raising money for this cause or that cause. And so, yes, we had some dinners. It's no big deal. But he doesn't say it. He says, yeah, it's none of your business. I knew him. We met. We met sometimes. 2015, we know from the flight schedules, Epstein was scheduled to fly with Chomsky and his wife to have dinner with them, as well as Woody Allen and his wife. Not a great look. If you're, <laughs> if you're hanging out with a guy who is known to have preyed on minors for sex, Not great to simultaneously be hanging out with a guy whose reputation is that he has a sexual obsession with minors. Chomsky was asked about this. He goes, if there was a flight which I doubt it would have been from Boston to New York, 30 minutes, I'm unaware of the principle that requires I inform you about an evening spent with a great artist. Now, what's also weird is Chomsky hung out with with Epstein after Epstein was convicted of the child sex stuff. So he says, what was known about Jeffrey Epstein was that he had been convicted of a crime and had served his sentence. According to U.S. laws and norms, that yields a clean state. Lots of other Epstein associates had an excuse. This Noam Chomsky one, this fails on every level. It was after the sex crime convictions. He's now trying to excuse the the sex crime convictions. He's hanging out with other odd characters. He apparently did it a lot of times. The, the establishment is trying to sweep this under the rug. And, and we like to think, oh, well, it was just some people in high positions of power. No, it's, it's all of it. E- even Noam Chomsky, who has a reputation of being sort of above it all. He's a radical leftist. The liberal establishment doesn't like him very much. No, they're all, they're all just kind of in it together. I don't, I'm not even that interested in Noam Chomsky in himself or the Jeffrey Epstein story in itself. I'm interested in what it says about the whole power structure in the US. There aren't lots of tiny little factions and oh the Chomsky type people they don't like Joe Biden and they don't and Biden he doesn't like this faction. No, the liberal establishment is pretty solid. And even though they don't have necessarily the majority of the country in terms of the people who live here who are citizens, they've got a lot of the power, and they do a lot of dodgy stuff, and they don't think they need to answer questions from anybody, and they don't have to pay any consequences. Speaking of leaks, a ton of leaked footage about Tucker Carlson, and it's obviously coming from Fox. I don't see who else could possibly be leaking this footage, and they're, they're doing a little drip, drip, drip campaign to try to tarnish Tucker's reputation in the wake of his pseudo-firing. I think he's still on the Fox payroll, but they're just trying to shut him up. More on that in a second. So, what have they got on Tucker? Let's see. What's the best stuff that the people who want to take Tucker down have on him?
1: I, I don't want to be a slave to Fox Nation, which I don't think that many people watch anyway. Um, we're gonna uh, because I, 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 you know, I'm like a representative of the American media now, speaking to an exile in Romania and welcoming him back into the brotherhood of journalists.
2: Yeah, it
1: would help us out if you wore a sweater though because we asked him not to wear a suit like he was panicking about it. So you don't have to talk is gonna be looking uh, casual. That's just how our hey, show yeah. looks Is that okay? I I I mean this is airing on the nighttime show and I want it to look official. I don't want it to be like bro talk and I and I You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, but the majority of it, like if we go like 45 minutes, it's gonna be for Fox
1: Nation. But nobody's gonna watch it on Fox Nation. Yeah. Nobody watches Fox Nation because the site sucks. So I'd really like to just put the dump the whole thing on YouTube. So
0: this, this is supposed to be the, the smoking gun. Tucker Carlson, he doesn't even believe in his own product. He's, he's bashing his employers. What Tucker is doing here is what any good media person would do, which is he's saying, I have a responsibility to my audience. I want the product that we're putting out to be better. Every, everyone around The Daily Wire has said something like this at some point, including the founders and owners of The Daily Wire, has said something like this at some point when we want to improve an aspect of our product. No one, obviously, has ever said it about my show because this show can't be improved. But the rest of the products at The Daily Wire, people will say, look, I, you know, we have a responsibility to our audience, and this part of the website isn't working that well, and you got to fix it up. So that's, oh, about wow, big smoking gun. Okay, what else do they have on Tucker?
1: F*** <laughs> it, we'll do it live.
0: Love that one. That one's my favorite one. They, they sort of leaked shocking footage from Tucker. Tucker Carlson is what? Making a joke about a thing that Bill O'Reilly once said in anger on the air. Every one of these clips is just making Tucker look better. Every one of these makes him look more relatable. <laughs> He's, he's speaking very politely and comedically with his staff, and but then, okay, here's the big one. They're really excited about this one. The the uh, the people who are leaking this have found footage of Tucker, according to Media Matters, acting really, really creepy. Here it is. You
1: wouldn't? Okay, I'm not. You know what? I'm not qualified on that score. I will say, I thought his girlfriend was kind of yummy. Just kidding. Just kidding. Cases is being pulled off the bird. Yeah, the bird. Hey, media matters for America. Go f yourself. That's the first thing I want to say tonight. Second thing is totally kidding. I don't even know what his girlfriend looks like, and if I did, I would not find her yummy.
0: And if I did, I would not find her yummy. That's a great bit. That's a great bit. It's not. There's nothing creepy. There's nothing lecherous. He's joking about this as if it's on camera. But okay, the one that the one that they're focusing on is they say, I've got proof Tucker's a racist. And it's because there's a text that Tucker sent. He says, a couple of weeks ago, I was watching a video of people fighting on the street in Washington. A group of Trump guys surrounded an Antifa kid and started pounding the living SHIT out of him. It was three against one, at least, jumping a guy like that is dishonorable, obviously. It's not how white men fight. Yet suddenly I found myself rooting for the mob against the man, hoping they'd hit him harder, kill him. I really wanted them to hurt the kid. I could taste it. Then somewhere deep in my brain, an alarm went off. This isn't good for me. I'm becoming something I don't want to be. The Antifa creep is a human being. Much as I despise what he says and does, much as I'm sure I'd hate him personally if I knew him, I shouldn't gloat over his suffering. I should be bothered by it. I should remember that somewhere, somebody probably loves this kid and would be crushed if he was killed. If I don't care about those things, if I reduce people to their politics, how am I better than he is? The, the only takeaway I have from this text is that Tucker Carlson is a much more thoughtful human person than 99.9% of people in politics and media. Tucker Carlson is recognizing a, a mimetic response that he has that we all have watching social media, which is that we want to join the mob. We want to join in a war of all against all and just murder somebody. It excites our... Anger and our envy and all the worst aspects of our character so much that we want to do that. And he became aware of it and said, "This isn't good for me." Every is this the best they've got? This is the best. Keep leaking like this. Keep trying to destroy Tucker's reputation like this. You're going to make him even more powerful than he was when he was at Fox. So what are they going to try to do? They're going to try to sideline him for 2024. According to reports, this according to the Wall Street Journal, also Tucker might have 18 months left on his contract which means that if they just continue to pay him, right now I think they're paying him $1.6 million a month to do nothing, to sit at home. If they just continue to pay him, he'll finish out his contract. And then after 2024, he gets to speak again. Meaning Tucker is so dangerous to the liberal establishment that they are willing to pay him $20 million not to speak. What, What does that tell you about Tucker? Who- is a little more independent. It's not like he's some fringe guy, far from it. He's extremely mainstream. He's just a a touch more independent than other people in the media. What does that tell you about Tucker? What does that tell you about everyone else in the establishment TV news media? That they all get to have their shows. They all get to say what they like. And then Tucker steps out of line a little bit much. They'll pay him 20 million bucks just to shut up before the presidential election. Speaking of that presidential election, we have got one fewer candidate in the race uh, in 2024, at least for this year. A lot of people have been waiting for Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin to declare. And Youngkin says he is not going to run this year. He was asked, are you going to be dusting off that fleece jacket and getting out on the presidential campaign trail this year? And Youngkin says, no, I'm going to be working in Virginia this year. So then, see, this year, what does this year mean? The interviewer presses him, says, so in the words of LBJ, you will not seek, and if nominated, you will not serve and accept the Republican nomination for president of the United States. And what does Youngkin say? He says, we'll leave that one to LBJ. What I am very excited about is that America seems to be paying attention to what's going on in Virginia, which means he's leaving himself wiggle room, but— for all intents and purposes, he's out of the race. Because even if he waited until January 1st, 2024, so we could say, this year I'm not running, but next year maybe I will. If he started then, barring some global event, barring a comet coming down and taking out Trump, DeSantis, I don't know, Pence, Haley, Vivek, Tim Scott, all of the candidates, barring that, Youngkin would come in at such a disadvantage because he had not been running for as long. This effectively ends this presidential speculation, which means some of the top tier not Trump candidates, Cruz, Pompeo, Glenn Youngkin now, they're out. They're choosing not to run. Then you've got longer shot candidates who are running. And then according to the polls, you got one guy who continues to lead the field and lead it more and more. Now, when you want to lead your barbecue. You got to check out Cinch. Right now, go to cinch.com. Use promo code Knowles. The weather is warming up here in Nashville. That means that everybody's getting ready for their backyard barbecues and campfires. The last thing that you need to be doing while getting ready to host a barbecue is driving around worrying about where to refill your propane grill tank. That is why you need to check out Cinch. Cinch is a propane grill tank home delivery service. They deliver propane grill tanks right to your door. Cinch delivers on your schedule, requires no long-term commitment or subscription. Plus, delivery is completely contactless. You don't have to wait around at home. Track the order on the Cinch app from anywhere. Whether you are grilling steaks or lighting up the patio heaters on a cold night, Cinch's propane delivery service ensures that you have the fuel you need to make the most of every moment. Go to cinch.com or download the Cinch app to order. New customers can get their first tank exchange for just $10 with promo code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. Cinch.com or download the Cinch app and use promo code Knowles to get your first tank exchange for just $10. This is a limited time offer. You must live within a Cinch service area to redeem it. Go to Cinch.com slash offer for details. You know, it seems as if fewer of us are on the same page when it comes to the fundamentals of life. And this is obviously a huge problem when it comes to our relationship to each other and our relationship to God. But this is not a new phenomenon. The consequences of this disunity date back all the way to the time of Moses. Just listen to what Jordan Peterson has to say about it in Exodus.
2: There's an irony here that for all the insistence upon equality, the very foundation for that equality in western culture I, the idea that <clears throat> human beings are made in the imago dei in the image of god has been lost of mm-hmm. course so it's almost as if because of the erosion of this foundation the drive for equality is stressed yeah. all the more well, that's that's it,
1: exactly what nietzsche that's exactly what nietzsche claimed would happen when he wrote well, when he particularly in beyond good and evil he said that was that was an inevitable that would be an inevitable consequence
0: Jordan is joined by a roundtable of big thinkers from different backgrounds who explore one of the most important books ever written. It is thoroughly engrossing stuff. All episodes of Exodus are now available exclusively for Daily Wire Plus members. If you haven't seen it, start at the beginning because it is well worth your time. Join now at dailywire.com slash subscribe to watch Exodus. Morning consult poll on the Republican primary 2024 I'll start from the bottom to the top. Christy Nome, 1%. Tim Scott, 2%. Liz Cheney, 2%. Liz Cheney, what? Vivek, 3%. Nikki Haley, 4%. Pence, 7%. Then we bump up to Ron DeSantis, 22%. Very respectable in this field. Then we get to Trump, 56%. Which means that not only is Trump dominating the field, he is winning a clear majority of Republican primary voters. That's a national poll, so you've got to dig in a little bit more. Well, how's he doing in Iowa? How's he doing in New Hampshire? Right. Still dominating means he's 34 points above the number two guy in the race. And crucially, his numbers are going up. And the the other guy's numbers are going down. I know it's early. I know there's going to be a campaign. I know Governor DeSantis has not declared yet. Maybe those numbers start to change. But the race is already on. You're already seeing attack ads against Trump. You're already seeing Trump spend a lot of time attacking Ron DeSantis. DeSantis has a big war chest. He's going to have to spend a lot of that war chest to try to knock Trump's numbers down. But can you knock down 34 points? Can you knock down the incumbent with universal name recognition for 40 years? once you declare that you are running at the end of this month. Maybe it could happen. My main takeaway from this is that today, the year of our Lord, 2023, seven, eight years after Trump came down the golden escalator, people still underestimate Donald Trump. Even people on the right that keeps, oh, Trump is finished. Oh yeah, stick a fork in him, he's done. Oh, Mueller is going to take him out. Oh, Hillary is going to take him out. Oh, this guy, that guy, this guy. Ron DeSantis is going to take him out. Or if there's another candidate who pops up, that person's going to take him out. Maybe it can happen. But Trump keeps outfoxing a lot of people. And people forget in, in Republican primary races in particular, we, we forget how much these things change. In 2016, Governor Scott Walker was the leading candidate heading into the primaries. And then Governor Walker, because he's a sensible man, a wise man with good judgment, he saw when his numbers started to go in the wrong direction, and he saw that there was not a path to victory. He was the first guy out. He said, "Okay, this isn't going to this isn't going to work. I'm going to do the responsible thing. I'm not going to drag this out longer than it should be." He had more sense than a lot of a lot of People in the Republican establishment, a lot of other people trying to run for office. Are we seeing the same thing now? I don't know. I wouldn't count Trump out, guys. I wouldn't underestimate him. I know that the, the entire punditariat, even on the right, focuses on how Trump he's toast, he's finished. He's a, the numbers don't bear that out. And there's a big chasm between what the Republican geniuses from Washington, D.C., and the consultants, and the pundits, and the operatives, and what they all say. And what actual Republican primary voters think and do. Speaking of men of a certain age, a 70-year-old bearded man has just smashed through the glass ceiling. This man just won a major ladies' poker competition. And we have some of it on video.
1: We have Dave here and he, I don't know if you can tell here, he's the only guy in this ladies' events So I put a $300 bounty on his head, and then Tanra and her husband matched it. So there's a $600 bounty on his head. He's already busted
2: twice, so we love him for that. Thank you, Dave. Good luck. Not really.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then then the person filming walks away. And this bearded dude, he just looks up. He's like, hey, yeah, what's up? What's going on? Okay, you're all trying to take me out. Whatever. I'm still going to win the poker competition. Love this story. Not because I want to see a man beat the ladies at ladies' poker, but but just as a reminder that sexual difference isn't just about track races and volleyball games. We focus now on the injustice of transgenderism by saying, you know, the, the men are beating up the women in wrestling and volleyball, and the men are getting undressed in the women's locker room, and the men are faster than women, so they win all the track races and they win all the swim meets. And yeah, that's true. They also win the poker tournaments because men are better than women at poker. That's why men are much, much more likely to play poker than women. This is why men are more likely to win more money in poker than women. They're they're better at poker. Why are they better at poker? I don't know. I'm not going to venture any guesses. I'm no expert on this. I'm no expert on neuroscience. I'm no expert on chemistry, the kind of, I don't know, the kind of hormones surging through one's body when one's playing a hand. I'm no expert on poker. I just know men are much better at poker than women. The differences between men and women are not, as even many people on the right sometimes think, just one or two things. They're kind of superficial. They matter. We should respect them, but it's not that. Men and women are very, very different. We're from the same species that's pretty much where the similarities end. That's why we're complementary. That's why we go together. We're we're different. And you can't list in some rationalist, modern, reductive way the five differences between men and women. There are so many differences. Vive la différence. This is something we used to love. We used to wonder at the myriad ways in which men and women are different. And now even people on the right are trying to reduce it to Well, we have these chromosomes and you have those chromosomes. Well, women have uterus, men have penis or something. That's way deeper than that. This is something where the transgender people are right. When they say gender is about so much more than XY chromosomes. Yeah, that's true. It's a ton more. You can't change your sex. You're born with it and that's your natural real sex and that's how it's going to be. And you can put on a dress, it's not going to change anything. But it is very different. And so we we can't just say, okay... We'll, we'll affirm transgenderism in this arena because sexual difference doesn't matter here, but, we, but we'll reject it in this other arena, in swim meets, because sexual difference does matter there. No, it just matters. It matters kind of like everywhere. And we should acknowledge that and embrace that, which means that you can't just try to tweak transgenderism in one or two areas. It means you have to, uh, to use a pithy phrase, eradicate the whole ideology from public life, which is starting to happen. You're seeing the Montana GOP Uh, just banned trans procedures for minors. Governor just signed this into law, Senate Bill 99 known as the Youth Health Protection Act. Great. Slam dunk. Love it. Glad we're protecting the kids from this stuff. My question then is, when is a Republican governor, when are Republican legislators going to ban this for adults? Because not only- would it be good to ban it for adults because the transgender transition procedures are just quackery and butchery and terrible for everybody because they're not grounded in reality and they're medical malpractice and they are, they are deepening the delusions of disturbed people. But also, even if you're just focused on the kids, if you don't ban these kinds of surgeries and butcheries for adults, they will inevitably be done to kids. Because if you establish them for adults, what you're saying is it is possible to be born in the wrong body. What you're saying is it is possible to change your sex, even though it's not. By establishing that for adults, you are, you are affirming that, which creates scandal. Scandal is a stumbling block. Scandal is when you, you have a belief and then you encounter a stumbling block and that leads you down a wrong path. And it will scandalize, it does scandalize young people to see that. If your government, if your politics says this thing is true for people from the ages of 18 until 118, then young people are going to look at that just like they look at mommy and daddy and they want to do what mommy and daddy do and they want to think what mommy and daddy think. They're going to look at that and say, okay, I guess you can change your sex. And if you think that as a young person, you're much more likely to fall into the transgender idea. And so either you'll become very, very confused, wait till you're 18 to butcher yourself, or more likely, you will force the adults to follow their ideas to their logical conclusions and say, okay, if we're saying for the vast majority of people, they can change their sex, they can be born into the wrong body, then we should do that for the young people too. In fact, it would be cruel not to trans the kids before they've gone through puberty, when it's much easier to appear more like the opposite sex. Great job, good job, Montana. Now follow your ideas to their logical conclusions, get the job done, ban this stuff for everybody. It's going to be hard to do that, though, because we, we have another transurrection. We had another transurrection down in Texas. This, but if, it's not an insurrection when the libs do it. So when the libs go in and invade a state house and start screaming and disrupting legislative procedures and waving their crazy flags and hooting and hollering, that's totally fine. And they've done it at state house after statehouse after statehouse. Sometimes, like in my own state of Tennessee, they've been invited in by the legislators. And they scream and they holler and they disrupt. That's totally fine. But when Granny takes a selfie in the Capitol Rotunda on January 6th, she's pretty much Osama bin Laden. Send her to Gitmo and waterboard her. We need to find out what she knows. Right? And that's what they're going to do. They're going to continue to threaten violence again and again and again. What will this bill do in Texas, Senate Bill 14, would prohibit trans youth, trans youth is how it's being reported, from getting puberty blockers and hormone therapy, care that medical groups say is vital to their mental health in order to transition. Trans kids, trans you know that totally real category of people, totally real because that's what the journalists say is true, who are already accessing these treatments for gender-affirming purposes would have to be weaned off in a medically appropriate manner. The bill would also prohibit transition-related surgeries, though these are rarely performed on kids. I love they say that chopping kids' genitals off. Well, that's just that's rarely performed on kids. Hold on, so you're admitting it is performed on kids? Well, oh, it's very rare that we chop off the phallus and the breasts and all sorts of things on the on little children. One time seems like a lot, man. Well, it's very rare. Don't worry. The only solution is to eradicate this ideology from public life and from its establishment in the law. It's the only solution. Or they're going to keep, well, it's a little less rare. It's a little less rarely performed on kids these days. Okay, you know, it's performed on kids. But we only do it to kids starting at age four. Well, we only do it to kids starting at age three. Well, and then the moment you push back on it, you're going to have these lunatics run into your capital and start screaming and hooting and hollering and intimidating the legislators. You've just got to say no. Embrace the No. No is a beautiful word in politics. No is a beautiful word in life. It keeps you from doing bad things that you might be tempted to do. It keeps your society from devolving into chaos and anarchy. Embrace the no. It's, a, it's nice. You'll lead a much better life. You'll have a lot more yes if you embrace the no. I don't, I don't, and by the way, speaking of no, no, I do not want to hear any peep again if Republicans get a little feisty in politics. The The libs. Burned down the country for eight months with BLM. They've been invading statehouse after statehouse, screaming and hooting and hollering and scaring the justices. I don't want to hear anything next time the lectern guy shows up and takes a picture in the Capitol Rotunda. And the horn hat guy gets a private tour from the Capitol Police. I don't want to hear boo about it. Certainly not from the libs, though I don't really pay attention to their talking points. But I don't want to hear it from the squishes either. Give me a break, okay? These are fundamental issues the libs are engaging in virtually all of the political violence in the United States. I don't want to hear any, well, you know, if you look at both sides, there's no both sides here. One side is chopping off the genitals of kids. One side isn't. One side is invading the state houses of every, <laughs> of every state that's trying to do something about it. The other side isn't. I don't want to hear about it. Okay. Okay. I do want to hear from you though, which is why you got to send me a voicemail bag this week. How do you do it? Very simple. You go to dailyware.com. You go to the Michael Knowles show page, so you click on watch, then you click on the Michael Knowles show, and you click on mailbag, and it'll open up an email, and you can record your voice mailbag question on your phone or on your computer. Please keep it to 60 seconds or less. Sometimes people send me their life story. It's always very interesting, but we can't put it on the show then. So 60 seconds or less, you attach the file, send it in, and then I will get to hear your mellifluous voice on the show on Friday. My favorite comment yesterday is from Daniel Knoll, who says, I think Dylan Mulvaney should receive a Man of the Year award. He has single-handedly helped thousands of alcoholics start their path to recovery. Way to go, Dylan. Good work, sir. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Great stuff. Or, though, uh, to be fair, it might just cause people to double down and drink yingling. I think yingling might be the last pro-American beer, openly pro-American beer in the country. My favorite piece of political oratory and rhetoric that I've heard in a great long time comes from a middle school student in Massachusetts. I'm not going to say the student's name or give too much in the way of detail because I don't want to help to ruin this kid's life by making him too famous at too young an age. But he showed up to this public forum. He gave a beautifully articulate speech about why he was sent home from school.
2: I'm in the 7th, 10th grade at Nichols Middle School. I appreciate the opportunity to speak to you today. I never thought that the shirt I wore to school on March 21st would lead me to speak with you today. On that Tuesday morning, I was taken out of gym class to sit down with two adults for what turned out to be a very uncomfortable talk. I was told that people were complaining about the words on my shirt that my shirt was making some students feel unsafe. Yes, wears on a shirt made people feel unsafe. They told me that I wasn't in trouble, but I sure felt like I was. I told, I was told, that I would need to remove my shirt before I could return to class. When I nicely told them that I didn't want to do that, they called my father. Thankfully, my dad supported my, my decisions and came to pick me up. What did my shirt say? Five simple words. There are only two genders. Nothing harmful, nothing threatening, just a statement I believe to be a fact. I have been told that my shirt was targeting a protected class. Who is this protected class? Are their feelings more important than my rights? I don't complain when I see pride flags and diversity posters hung throughout the school. Do you know why? Because others have a right to their beliefs just as I do.
0: Put a pause there. The only thing I disagree with that this kid has said is that last part. He's too tolerant of the libs, of the libs who sent him home. Other than that, everything he said was so right. He said, are their feelings more important than my rights? And he says, I don't, I don't say that they don't have the right to hang a pride flag in the classroom. They don't. The pride flag is wrong. It symbolizes wrong ideas about human nature, about a lot of things. There's no right to that. There is a right to tell the truth. There's a right to say there are only two genders. There is no right to say there are three genders. Well, Michael, what about free speech? What about we we tolerate certain speech, even if that speech is unpleasant or even sometimes wrong. But there is no right, especially, one, there's no right to wrong things, though sometimes we tolerate it out of prudence. But especially in a classroom, there is no right to wrong things. If a student is being taught wrong things in a classroom, he's being maleducated. He's in the classroom to be educated. He is being taught things that are not true. He leaves the classroom worse educated than when he came in. Furthermore, if a student is not allowed to recognize the truth in a classroom, Forget about being told lies. If he's not even allowed to recognize the truth, there are only two genders. There is zero reason for him to be in that classroom. There's zero reason for a lot of American students to be in their classrooms. If that's the kind of thing that happens in American classrooms, close the schools, bulldoze the buildings, give the taxpayers a refund, disband the teacher unions, start over. There is no moderate path of kind of tweaking things we already ban a lot of stuff from our classrooms we ban the bible from our classrooms even though the bible is true we ban prayer from our classrooms even though god exists the very fact that we are speaking intelligibly right now implies that god exists it's a topic for another time but the wise people throughout all of history have understood that And it's the modern people with the crazy hair shrieking. They're the ones who think they're so much smarter and (laughs) we're going to ban it from the classroom. Transgenderism is not real. The idea that a man can be, it's not real. That should not be allowed in the classroom. A lot of things that are being taught should not be allowed in the classroom. If that boy can't wear that shirt in school, then students cannot get an education in school. And parents have an obligation to get their kids educated elsewhere. Speaking of letters and eradication, for that matter, great news before we go. Vice News is going out of business. Mm, 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 Uh, uh, I know I'm I'm supposed to say, look, we want healthy dialogue in this country. And it's sad, even though I'm not on their side of the aisle, I'm very sad that there, we don't have robust, there's no robust dialogue. I want Vice, and I want all of those other stupid magazines. I want them to, to be disbanded. I want them to go bankrupt. I want their product to be ground into dirt. I want that dirt to be buried deep underground. And I, I want to never see it or hear about it again. That's what I want. I can't help but notice that uh, Vice News, where is it? Do I, have the, do I have a copy of this article anywhere? Where's my Vice News article? Oh, yeah, here it is. Vice News attacked me almost exactly two months ago. Vice News smeared me and insinuated that I'm a genocidal maniac over my CPAC speech. And then, two months later, they go out of business. Is that a coincidence? Probably. But it's a delightful coincidence, nevertheless. When I was in college or just after college, the New Republic, for all intents and purposes, what end of business? This is a very prominent journal on the left, and the, the whole thing got gutted, and it just fell apart. And there were some conservatives I knew who said, oh, that's too bad. What a shame. I don't agree with the New Republic, but I want there to be robust, healthy dialogue on the left and on the right. And I was scratching my head. I thought, why? And then you know, I thought about it. I said, well, okay. occasionally there were some interesting articles in the New Republic occasionally there was, they were somewhat thoughtful. So maybe I could see an argument. Vice News is not the new republic, and those days are gone. And we're now living in a time of screaming and cacophony and a denial of the ability to engage in intelligible speech and transurrections in the state capitals, chop kid's genitals off, and chaos. And in that world, there's no conciliatory middle ground. I like politics where there's a conciliatory middle ground. It'd be nice if we could get back to that at some point. That isn't happening. And so we have to win. And to win, we need to drive these people out of their positions of prominence. And we need to celebrate when that happens. Conan, what is what is best in life? To destroy your enemies, see them driven before you, and hear the lamentations of their women. That's pretty much where we are at. By the way, there's a story, I don't have time to get to it today. This will be a little teaser for tomorrow. Do you know how many illegal aliens U.S. officials are expecting to start crossing our border every single day within the next couple of weeks? 10,000. Within the next couple of weeks, the U.S. officials are expecting border illegal border crossings to jump to 3.65 million per year. What's Biden doing about it? I guess we'll get to it tomorrow. The rest of the show continues. Now, you do not want to miss it. Become a member. Use code Knowles, K-N-A-W-L-E-S, at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. I will see you at the Membrum Segmentum.